Praise the Lord, everybody. <laughs> Are we having fun or not? I have been, uh, I have been touched in this meeting. Amen. I have rejoiced. I've laughed, and I've been brought to tears. That song, Elder, you just sang. Oh my, how powerful! Amen. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for what we're feeling in this meeting. Praise God. He's talking about the altar. I came through the church. Uh, not too long ago, a few weeks ago, and I, I walked by the altar and I, I looked down and I saw, I saw on the altar stains that was uh, tears or snot. And and at first thought they was, I like things to look nice, you know what I mean. And uh, there was something rose up a little bit. Why in the world, the folks that's clean the church? Why don't they? And the Holy Ghost smote me. Dear God, let us see some more snot on the altar. Some more tears on the altar. Now, they took care of it, but what I'm saying is, as something rose up in me, you know, I don't like the looks of that. But, oh, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. I don't care if they have to clean it after every service. Praise God. Let us feel the divine touch of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? Oh, Elder Garrett, you blessed me last night. I'm so thankful for what we heard here in this place last night. And I'm not just saying that as empty rhetoric. I mean it from my heart. I appreciate the good preaching of Elder Garrett last night. And, of course, Elder Hamby this morning. Amen. I appreciate that, Elder. I really do. I thank God. I love the Word of the Lord. How about you? Oh, have we had some good singing? Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Elder. Lyles for the invitation to come. I, uh, I appreciate getting to be here. I've been here before and always have a good time when we come down here. And I'm well aware, I am very well aware that the only thing that's standing between you and the etouffee or etouffee, you can tell I'm not from down here, however you pronounce it. I may not be able to pronounce it, but I can eat it. It is mighty good. And uh, I had two bowls of it last night. We had to run one of them guys down. Amen. Tell them, say, hey, bring me and Brother Hall another bowl of that. And uh, it was it was very good. Thank you again, Elder. I realize that one of the greatest honors a man can do for another man is to relinquish his pulpit for a few minutes. Amen. And I trust that I will not uh, that I will not do any harm to that confidence and trust today. Praise God. Looking forward to my good friend Elder Hall tonight. Lord, are we going to have a time around here tonight? We have been blessed in every every service, and we appreciate all these good preachers that we get to meet when we come to these meetings. And uh, I love the ministry. Amen. Been trying to preach for a long time now. I don't know how much good I'm doing, but I'm trying. Praise God. Amen. It's good to see Brother Rex Shields. We go back a long ways. Amen. We might not want to talk about how long, but we go back a long ways. Amen. And uh, appreciate him and all these preachers. I happen to think I found, you know, I told you last night, I wanted to read you something about giving. How many likes to give to the work of the Lord? Amen. And I'll just read this and then get on into the Bible. Thank you for that uh, uh, basket of uh, fruit and, and goodies that they brought in. Amen. They won't let you be on a diet around here. Amen. I'm trying to lose weight. I haven't always been this big. I only weighed 35 pounds when I was born. And uh, no, 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm joking. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But they won't let you diet around here, so I just throwed it all to the wind. Brother Clark and I just ate that uh, gumbo and etouffee, and, and they brought that dessert around. I said, hey, forget it. Bring it on. I ate some of that, too. I'll get back on it when I leave here. Praise God. Amen. And so uh, <clears throat> some time ago, it's been several several months ago, actually, now I... I seldom ever take up a special offering unless it's for a missionary or whatever. But uh, after our conference, usually every year our electric bill is extremely high. And so, or it is for us. Now, for some of y'all, it's probably an every month thing. But uh, I needed about $1,700. And so I was receiving an offering. And did any of you, have any of you preachers ever got a, a note in your tithing envelopes? Anybody ever get a note? It's been a short week, Brother Shepherd. <laughs> I didn't get to work this week, Brother Shepherd. And uh, and one thing and another. Well, I got a note in a tithing envelope after I'd received that offering. And it kind of goes like this, dear Brother Shepherd. I just wanted you to know why I didn't give more for the special electric bill offering last Sunday. You needed seventeen hundred dollars, but only got eight hundred. You see, I've got all these bills to pay also. Well, <laughs> one of my new cars is almost one year old, and I may have to buy another one before long. Also, my deer club dues are over $500, and I just bought a new crossbow and equipment for $600. I'm also looking at a new $300 rifle and a $200 scope. I just had to pay almost $400 on repairs to one of my four-wheel drive trucks. And it looks like I may need a new $300 set of tires. You can see, you can now see why I could not help out in the offering. Plus, we haven't had a $3,000 vacation in probably three months. So please forgive me for not being able to give more. Now that's quite a note to be put in the offering pan and take out of a tithing envelope. He signed his name. Hey, Lord. But that's not all of it. There's a P.S. here. He better thank God. There was a P.S. on it. P.S. Here's the other 900. <laughs> we love you and God's work. The above all is probably true, <laughs> but it's secondary to God's work. He gave me all I have. Oh, I love it, don't you? <laughs> Praise God, you can't outgive God. Thank you, Elder Townley, for that beautiful song, wherever you may be, and uh, all of the songs, and, uh, but this one especially, right before I preach. Amen, because sometimes I preface this lesson that I'm about to try to teach here this afternoon uh, with that song. I'm not teaching something I haven't already taught. Some of you here may have heard me try to teach this lesson. If you have, just uh, act like it's new and, and raise your hand once in a while or help me a little bit and everything will be fine. 
and I won't get intimidated. You know what I mean? All right. Amen. So, let's get into the Word of the Lord. What do you say? Anybody got a Bible? Let's turn to the book of Leviticus. Would you do that? How about standing with me as we read the Word of the Lord here this afternoon? Leviticus, we're going back into the Old Testament. Chapter number 13. Leviticus chapter 13. And I want to begin reading in verse number 38. I'm sorry my wife couldn't be with me. She would have loved to have come. Amen. But it just didn't work to where she could at this time. Maybe another time. Amen. Leviticus chapter 13 verse 38. If a man also or a woman have in the skin of their flesh bright spots, even white bright spots, then the priest, everybody say the priest, shall look and behold if the bright spots in the skin of their flesh be darkish white. It is a freckled spot that groweth in the skin. He is clean. Somebody said he's clean. And the man whose hair is fallen off his head, he is bald. Yet he is clean. And he that hath his hair fallen off from the part of his head toward his face, he is forehead bald. Somebody said, yet he is clean. And if there be in the bald head or bald forehead a white reddish sore, it is a leprosy sprung up in his bald head or his bald forehead. Then the priest shall look upon it, and behold, at the rising of the sore, be white reddish in his bald head or in his bald forehead, as the leprosy appeareth in the skin of the flesh. He is a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. His plague is in his head. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent and his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip. And shall cry, unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone. Without the camp shall his habitation be. And the church said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I desire your prayers while I'm trying to teach and for your help. Somebody said, I don't need any amens. Amen. But I need all I can get. Praise God. If you would just hold your place, for those of you that are following me in the Word of the Lord, if you'll hold your place there for just a little while, I'd like to read you some other scriptures concerning leprosy. Amen. I will be reading. You don't have to turn to them. Just trust me. Leviticus 13 and 3. And the priest shall look on the plague in the skin of the flesh. When the hair in the plague is turned white, and the plague in sight be deeper than the skin of his flesh, it is a plague of leprosy. And the priest shall look on him and pronounce him unclean. Somebody said unclean. Leviticus 13 and 8. Again, the Bible said that if the priest see, behold, the scab spreadeth in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprosy. 13 and 11 of Leviticus. In an old leprosy in the skin of the flesh, the priest shall pronounce him 
unclean and shall not shut him up for he is unclean. Leviticus 13, 14 and 15. When the raw flesh appeareth in him, he shall be unclean. And the priest shall see the raw flesh, pronounce him to be unclean, for the raw flesh is unclean. It is a leprosy. Leviticus 13 and 20. Again, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. Leviticus 13, 22. The priest shall pronounce him unclean. Leviticus 13, 25. The priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is the plague of leprosy. Leviticus 13 and 27. And the priest shall look upon him the seventh day. And if it be spread much abroad in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is the plague of leprosy. Leviticus 13 and 30. The priest shall see the plague. Behold, if it be in sight deeper than the skin, there be yellow, thin hair, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. Leviticus thirteen thirty six. Then the priest shall look on him, and behold, if the skull be spread in the skin, the priest shall not seek for yellow hair. He is unclean. Now, I've read all of those verses of Scripture to show you something here. Amen. In Leviticus chapter 13... From verse 1 through 46, the word unclean is mentioned 15 times, and the word plague is used some 27 times. Amen. Now, in this verse number 44, amen, if we could go back to where you're holding the Scripture, in verse number 44, there's something different about this verse in the same chapter. Amen. Some things are alike. Number one, We're talking about a leprous man. Number two, time and time again, the scripture said that he was pronounced unclean. And then uh, in this verse of number 44, amen, the scripture speaks it just a little bit differently. Amen. And that is, he is not just unclean. But let me read this scripture again here to you. The Bible said... In verse 43, Then the priest shall look upon it. Behold, if the rising of the sore be white reddish in his bald head, or in his bald forehead, as the leprosy appeareth in the skin of the flesh, he is a leprous man. He is unclean. Now listen to this. The priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. Utterly unclean. Somebody said utterly unclean. Utterly unclean, his plague is in his head. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, and etc., and etc., and he shall dwell alone. Out of all the verses in the Bible concerning a man having leprosy, verse number 44 is the only verse that uses the term utterly unclean. All the rest of the time he's speaking about the leper being unclean. But in this particular verse, amen, it says that he is utterly unclean. Now, the word utterly according to the dictionary means completely, entirely, absolutely unclean. The reason that he was pronounced utterly unclean is because the plague of leprosy was in his head. I want to teach this afternoon by the help of the Lord for a little while, amen, on a subject and a subtitle 
My subject is don't let the plague get in your head. My subtitle is protecting your head. Amen. Protecting your head. Protecting your mind. Protecting your heart. Somebody said, where is my heart? You got it right up here. Right here is the, the heart that pumps the blood to your body. That keeps the, the blood flowing through your natural body. Amen. But your heart is somewhere up here. I've been trying to figure out where it's at. But somewhere up here above your neck is your heart. Amen. It's in your mind. Somewhere in here. God made it all that way. And I don't understand all about it. But the Bible said in Ephesians chapter 6. Hold on with me just a little bit and I'll teach to you in a few minutes. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. In this verses of Scripture that I've read, you've got five pieces of defensive armor. Amen. You, you've got the, the, the loins girt about with truth, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, the shield of faith, and all of this. And you've only got one weapon that is to be used offensively or defensively, and that is the sword of the Spirit or the Word of God. Amen. Five of these pieces of armor, amen, if I've got it, if I've counted it correctly here, is used for defense. It's used to protect you. And one of them that I want to deal with today is the helmet. The helmet of salvation. You know, uh, when we talk about protecting our head, protecting our heart, protecting our mind, and not letting the plague get in our head, Leprosy has always been a type of sin in the Bible. When you read about leprosy and you take the type and the antitype, it's a, it, it is typing sin in the Bible. And God knows if there was ever a time that we protect our mind, that we protect our heart, it's now. Amen. When uh, the onslaught of the enemy, praise God, is throwing everything that he can throw at the church. And whether you want to admit it or not, the problems you're having in this day is in your mind. Praise God. The problems that the enemy will bring to you. Amen. I, I was thinking as I was preparing for this, I've been praying in earnest. Amen. About uh, some things. And I, I've uh, got a situation and a problem right now at my home church that I have been begging God. I have been praying, God, I need your help. God, give me wisdom. God, help me to understand. And I'm going to tell you, I go to bed with it. And I get up with it in the morning. And I've asked God, I said, God, don't let this torment me. 
God don't. You know what's going on? Amen. It's in my mind. Praise God. Things that will come to you in your mind that can actually render you incapable of doing what you need to do if we don't get help from God. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, God, help us to protect our mind and protect our heart like we never have before. Because this is the battleground. Amen. I do not hear the rumbling of tanks here today. I do not hear the firing of the artillery. But if I could somehow look through the eyes of God, and if I could somehow tune in as God, amen, and hear what's going on in your mind, and hear the battle that's raging in some folks' mind right here today, we'd understand how important it is to protect Protect our heart and protect our mind. Hallelujah. Praise God. As much as adultery is one of the the, uh, problems of our day. Amen. I'm telling you and I've said it time and time again. It will not be adultery that sends most apostolic folks to hell. But I'll tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be that that gets in their mind. Praise God that the enemy places in their mind and they can't shake it. They will not pray to where they can pray through it. They'll not get their heart in tune with God. And they're going to come up short when the rapture takes place. You can't love God whom you have not seen and hate your brother whom you have seen. Praise the name of the Lord. A preacher told me the other day, he said, you know what concerns me? Brother Shepherd, he said, what concerns me is not so much uh, the actions of other people. That bothers me and that troubles me. But he said, what bothers me is my reaction to what other folks do. I can't help it what they do. I can't help it what you do. But I have got to stand before God with what I do. Amen. And it's all right up here. Oh, it's right up here, folks. Somebody said, I'm worried about my ha- what my hands are going to do. Don't worry about it. You get this up here right, your hands will be all right. I'm worried about where my feet's going to take me. They're going to take me in places I ought not to go. You get your heart right. You get your mind right. You don't have to worry about where your feet's going to take you. You get up in the morning, they're going to be pointed toward the house of God. You get up in the morning, your mind is going to be on Jesus. When your feet hit the floor, one of the first things out of your mind ought to be, thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, I love you, Lord. The name of Jesus ought to be on your mind. Oh, hallelujah. Let's give him a good hand clap right now. Dear God, there's a preaching spirit here, Brother Hamby. Oh, hallelujah. Woo! Lord Jesus, the biggest battle I have right up here above my shoulders. I know this is simplicity and it's very simple. But oh God, amen, the helmet protecting, protecting our mind. The firefighters, amen, one of the main portions of their equipment is their helmet. Amen. The motorcycle riders, some states don't have a law, some do have a law. I think it would be a very foolish man to ride a motorcycle without a helmet. Amen. They would, many of them would probably be like me. Amen. I don't like seat belts, but I'm a very foolish individual to drive down the road without my seat belt on. Amen. I wouldn't like, if I was riding a motorcycle, I wouldn't like a helmet. Amen. It, it's constrictive to some degree. 
but it's very necessary and it's very important. If I expect just last Saturday, amen, a week ago this past Saturday. No, it was Saturday, this past Saturday. Amen, I just uh, invited a man to church standing in my, my youngest son's yard and, and he had rode his motorcycle up there and I said when I got ready to leave, I said, you know, church starts at 10 o'clock in the morning. Amen. And just about three hours later or so, maybe a little, little more than that, I got a call. Said Butch has had a motorcycle wreck. His legs broke bad. They took him off to the hospital. I visited him in the, the hospital. Amen. He did have a helmet on, but his leg was broke. He had many ribs broken, etc., etc. Be very foolish not to protect your head. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of folks in apostolic churches, they're not protecting their head. No, no. They're going to get the plague in their head. Some of them's already got it. And they're going to get the plague in their head. The plague of leprosy is going to get in their head and it's going to destroy the entire body. Amen. I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about their body. Their spiritual life. Amen. I, I look around, you know, back when I was a kid riding bicycles, we never thought about wearing a helmet. I don't know if somebody didn't come up with it, I guess. But nowadays you see kids on bicycles, they got a helmet on. And, and uh, the baseball players now, I understand, wears helmets. Amen. And, and the football players, sure enough, wear helmets. Amen. They, they sure enough. Now, you all wondering why I've got this this bag here. Amen. I, I I looked around here, son. You there in the blue shirt, looking all snazzy, dressed up in that sport coat. Will you help me here a little bit? Come on up, Caleb. Is it all right for Caleb to help me here a little bit? Come on up, Caleb. I want you to help me here. Hold my microphone, Caleb. You got a big head or a little head? A big one. You got a big head? <laughs> Take that from mama or daddy. Don't say no. How's that, Caleb? It hurts my ears. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's good, son. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. No, no, I'm not through with you yet. I'll tell you what, you put it on, and you fix your ears where it won't hurt your ears, okay? If you can, fix them where kind of push your ears up under there where it won't hurt your ears. And if you can't get it all the way down, don't worry about it. I still want you to help me. I was preaching a meeting. You got it? All right, stay right there. You're all right. Your ears will grow back the way they're supposed to be as soon as you take that off. <laughs> I was preaching a meeting in Indiana quite some time ago, and it was a pastor appreciation meeting. And uh, they was passing the microphone around, and, and uh, his response a while ago reminded me of it. They was passing the microphone around, and everybody was saying how much they appreciated the pastor. And the kids were saying how much they appreciated the pastor and it went all through and come up the front row and little boy sitting right here got the microphone and he said I have nothing to say <laughs> I like to fell out <laughs> and it was the pastor's assistant that it was his son that said <laughs> I have nothing to say Hey, I'm going to tell you something about Caleb here. Caleb, I'm going to tell you, have you ever had a broken arm or leg? Man, you don't know what you're missing. (laughs) 
I'm going to tell you something about Caleb here. Now, y'all listen to me. Caleb could break this arm here. Let's get over here and get out of this monitor. Caleb could break his arm right here. And I hope he never does. But he could break his arm. And Are you right-handed or left-handed? You're right-handed. This would be a bad one to break, wouldn't it, son? But he could break it and they could put it in a big old cast. And he'd put it down here and, and he'd have a big time, all the kids signing it. And, <laughs> And have a big time getting all the sympathy in the world and whatever. But you know what? He could learn to kind of scribble with his left hand. And he could still walk. Amen. He could still go to school whether he wants to or not. Because a broke arm don't keep you out of school. Except a day or two. Amen. But you see, as long as he's got this head protected. That fall that broke his arm. If he's got his head protected. Amen. Right up here is the motor. Right up here is the, the mind, the heart. Right up here is the thing that, that uh, takes care of the rest of this body. Amen. That makes it do what it's supposed to do. Can you say amen? It's so important to keep this head protected, Caleb. Don't you ever forget that, son. Because there's little boys right now lying in hospitals. Amen. That cannot think. They are in a coma. And chances are, if the Lord don't touch them, they're going to die because they didn't keep their head protected. They had a bad accident. And if they'd had a helmet on, amen, they might not have been in that condition because they were protecting the most important part of their body. And that is the motor right up here. Amen. I don't care how, much, how, good, a, how good a transmission you got, son. I don't care if you can if you can climb up walls like a spider. If you don't have this up here all in good shape, you won't have sense enough to climb a wall. Okay? You going to help me now? All right, stay right there. Praise God. I'm telling you, it's so important to protect this mind right up here. Now, I've talked to you about some natural things and protecting the natural mind. And I'm telling you, there are those there are those right now Amen. That are in terrible conditions. There's a case down in Florida right now. You've heard about it. A lady in a coma for, what, uh, 15 years. And the thing that's keeping her alive. And I'm not going into all of that. But somewhere along the line, she had a traumatic situation happen to her that caused this up here to short circuit or caused this to be damaged. Amen. And so it's so vital that we protect our head. Let me read this verse again, and the priest shall look upon it. And behold, if the rising of the sword be white reddish in his bald head. Amen. Or, you know, when I get through here today, I hope that we can look in the mirror of God's Word and in the mirror of the Spirit of God and try to find out if there's any telltale signs of leprosy springing up in our head. I'm going to tell you right now, there's times I have to go to the altar. Amen. And I've had to pray back down years ago. I remember some folks that I pastored in Puxico, Missouri. Amen. A good group of people we had there. But there's some folks didn't like me. Amen. And they did me wrong. And I'm going to tell you right now, I had to get on my face and pray, God, don't let me hate those people. Because I'm going to tell you, folks, I ain't going to hell for nobody. Praise God, I've made up my mind to be saved by the help of the Lord. I'm not going to hell for anybody. Praise God, I'm not going to let hate take me to hell. 
I'm not going to let bitterness take me to hell. I'm going to pray over it. I'm going to ask God to deliver me when it gets to cropping up. Amen in my head. Praise the Lord. I intend to stand for truth till Jesus comes. I don't intend to back up by the help of the Lord. How about you? But I am telling you this one thing. Amen. I don't want to be lost. I want to be saved more than anything in this world. And the only way I'm going to do it, amen, is for the Lord to paint my mind with Calvary's blood. Take out that big brush, Jesus. Take out that big brush. Oh God, when you see something, Lord, coming up in my mind, take that big brush and cover me with your blood one more time. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I feel, come on, let's lift our hands and praise Him. Somebody needs that big brush today, perhaps, Lord. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to tell you something, preachers and saints alike. Son, you can sit down right there if you will. Sit right there in the big chair. Amen. Would you like to be a preacher someday, maybe? Would you? All right. God bless you. God bless you. He might get his wish someday. If the Lord tells we're going to need some good godly young men coming up. Amen. Amen. And so, God, sometimes I have to, I have to pray that the Lord would help me. Now the priest said, listen to this, if it comes up in the bald head or the bald forehead, as the leprosy appeareth in the skin of the flesh, he is a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean, utterly, totally, completely. There's a reason for it. Because it's in his head. Amen. Leprosy being a type of sin, it can get in the house. You can read it in your Bible. It would get in the house and it'd have to scrape the walls. It was considered unclean. It'd get in the clothes and they'd have to take their clothes off and I guess destroy them or burn them or whatever they did. And, and, and because it was considered unclean. Amen. It, it could get on various parts of the body and it would be considered unclean. But when it got in the head, the Word of God pulled out a word that it had never used before and said it's utterly unclean because it's in the head. Amen. Oh, God. When the leprosy of sin gets in the head, the plague is in the head. God, help us to protect our head from the plague. Amen. Now, the plague is a highly infectious, usually fatal. It's usually fatal is what it says about plague. It's highly infectious, usually fatal. It's an epidemic disease. How many times have we seen somebody get leprosy in their head and the plague gets in their head? And you know what? When that happens, changes start to take place. Changes start to take place in their life. Amen. Their judgment is corrupted. Wicked principles begin to be embraced. Wicked practices are adopted. This type leprosy is contagious, highly infectious. It seldom ends with just one person. 
getting infected. Usually when a person gets the plague in the head, they end up infecting somebody else. How many times? How many times? I remember many years ago, we got a lady out of the Jehovah Witness Church. And uh, God, we baptized her. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. I can remember her, Elder Lyle, standing in the, behind the pulpit singing. Amen. And, and part of the song just said, make room in the light boat for me. And tears, I remember distinctly, tears running down her face. And God had done so much for her. She was living with an alcoholic husband. Amen. And as time went on, she had these little children. And Brother Lyles, those children thought the world of me and my wife. Amen. They thought I hung the moon. Amen. But something happened to her. The plague got in her head. I never will forget that night the Lord had dealt with me to preach on spiritual suicide. And I so strong that I went and bought a rope. And I went downtown to the filling station and I asked some of those men, does any of you guys know how to tie a hangman's rope? So somebody in there knew how to tie the knot to make it look like a hangman's rope. And I took it to church that night and hung it in the corner and let it drape down and I preached on spiritual suicide that night. Before service started that night, my wife was on the platform playing the accordion and uh, here came Mary Jane up the aisle and we had a rail at that time in the old church across there and my wife went to that rail and there Mary Jane stood and she handed her a little, a little gift. It was a little bottle of perfume. Little did we realize, Brother Garrett, that night that what this was all about, it wasn't such shepherd's birthday and it sure wasn't Christmas. <laughs> and so, uh, Little did we realize that Mary Jane had come to say goodbye that night. And I preached on spiritual suicide. And it just so happened that night that her alcoholic husband was with her. And her children, to my knowledge, everyone was there. And she gave Sister Shepherd that little... And you know what she was saying, Sister Shepherd, I love you. I love you, but I'm gone. Mary Jane walked out that night and she didn't come back for a long, 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 long time. Amen. And there's, there's such a horrible story. Amen. Time went by. Amen. And her alcoholic husband died and, and, uh, we got word of it and they came over across the road from us to VFW Hall to serve the food and they sent word, Mary Jane and the kids want to see you and such a shepherd. So we left the house. We went over to where they were and met them in the parking lot. And of course there were greetings and we were glad to see them and they were glad to see us. Mikey, Mikey now, one of the boys that was a little old fella that, that uh, looked up to us. And Mikey's grown now. Mikey stood to where he would look me straight in the eye now. And I shook hands with Mikey and if I remember right, hugged his neck. But I smell something. I smell something on Mikey's breath. It was alcohol. Go ahead. 
Go ahead. Let the leprosy get in your head. Go ahead. Drag your kids out of church. Go ahead. Do what you want to do, but I'm going to tell you. When leprosy gets in your head, you can't think straight. Your judgment's impaired. And you'll make decisions you'll regret the rest of your life. We greeted them and left and it was only a few weeks my phone rang. It was Mary Jane, now in Michigan, said, Brother Shepherd, Mike has been killed in a car wreck. Would you come and preach the funeral? I couldn't go. I don't even remember why, but I didn't go. But dear God, there was a day, there was a day we could have been praying with them around the altar, but Mama got leprosy in her head. Oh God, at the children that are lost tonight, or today because somewhere along the line, mama got leprosy. Daddy got crossways with the preacher. Amen. Got crossways with God. I hope to God there's nobody sitting in this building today. Amen. That the beginnings of leprosy is now beginning to show up in your mind and in your heart. Oh God, I feel this today. I thought, I thought as I was, I've been thinking about this for days, and I thought maybe I'd preach something else, Elder. I went downtown Iberia. Is that the name of it? New Iberia. I went downtown, and of course, I when I got down there, I started to remember a few things, and I had to stop by Victor's and and uh, eat a little bite, and and so, uh, but I was looking for a pawn shop. I found one, and I walked into the pawn shop. He said, could I help you? I said, I'm just looking around. You know, I, and I got to talking to the man, and there, one of the things that I saw when I first went in was a double cutaway guitar that looked like my old Gibson. It wasn't a Gibson. I don't, it was a different name, but it was almost identical to mine, only a different color. And I began to talk to him about that, and I said, you know, I was fishing a little bit. I said, you know, there's probably a lot of stories about some of this. He said, oh, yeah. He said, let me tell you about this guitar. And I thought about preaching about Pentecostal pawn shops. How people have pawned away the greatest thing that they ever had to satisfy some desire for the day. And while I was there, a man brought a shotgun in and he said, called him by name, he said, what do, you, what do you let me have on this shotgun? And I heard him talking and he, he assured him in so many words, I'll be back to get it. But lined across that wall was many shotguns, guitars, various things that somebody didn't come back and get. Oh, Jesus. Buy the truth and sell it not, saints. How many backsliders? I've got a son that's backslid. It grieves my heart. I talked to him here a while back. He, he got to drinking. I raised him right. 
saw me drink. He never saw me and heard me cuss. Somewhere the plague got in that boy's head. You say, do you still love him? Oh, I love him. Sure I do. I'd do anything for him and I'll tell you what. He'd do anything for me except serve God. And you got to do that for God. Some time ago I talked to him and I said, Son, concerned about this drinking. He said, Dad, he said, I can go all day long and never take a drink. But he said, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. You know why I can't sleep? Because somebody's praying. Somebody's bombarding heaven. I may be the only one in here that's got wayward children, but I want to tell you right now, amen, if you've got children like this young man, Caleb, here that's in this church, uh, do your best to help protect his head. Don't let anybody put a bunch of junk in his head. Don't let anybody turn him against the man of God. Don't let anybody by your help. Please excuse me for being so emotional today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Mary Jane. Where are you at today? Where are you at today? I have no idea where she's at today. But when the leprosy, and I've got to hurry, but when the leprosy starts, when it starts, amen, you wonder, amen, when it begins to infect. And you say, how can they do what they're doing? How can they do it? They used to be involved in church activities. They used to be at prayer meeting. They used to have a testimony. They used to fellowship with the saints. What's going on? What's changing? What's happened? I'll tell you, in most cases, what's happened. The plague is beginning to work in their mind, in their head, in their heart. And if something don't happen quick, if something doesn't take place quick, but now they've separated themselves. Brethren, I think you that are pastoring churches know that when people start drawing back, when they start separating themselves... One time they were involved in everything going on in the church. At one time, all you had to do is mention a prayer meeting and they would be there. At one time, they were there to worship. And they had a testimony and etc. and etc. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean, utterly unclean. He shall dwell alone. Without the camp shall his habitation be. Many years ago, we built a new church there in Puxico. And we had about a 12-foot space in between. We put a brick wall connecting the old church to the new church. And in behind that was a space between the buildings. On the other end, we put a little fence with a gate. Unbeknownst to me, there was a backslider that 
many times would come while we were having church and slip in that gate and sit between the buildings, obscured from the road in front. Nobody knew it was dark, but Elder, there was something. He had the plague. He had leprosy in his head, but there was still something longing for God. Still something longing, amen, to hear the songs of Zion. Still something in him longing. He was dwelling alone. Let me tell you something. It's a lonely place out there when you don't have God. Amen. I'm going to hurry, but I. how about it today? How about it today? Is there any signs at all of leprosy getting in your mind, in your head? Any signs? Amen. Years ago, and I'm going to move on quickly, but years ago there were uh, there was a man. His mother was a great saint in our church there in Missouri, and and uh, Jerry, her son, uh, he never did preach for me, but he had preached in that church prior. Another pastor was there, but Jerry moved away and got a good education and uh, went to college and got to fooling around with some atheists and one thing and another. And and so Jerry got to questioning the Word of God and he started questioning some of the stories in the Bible and if it was actually true. I'm going to tell you, you look right up here, look right up here, every word in that book If you start questioning one verse, you might as well throw it all away. Some folks get too smart. They get too much book learning. Amen. And they start questioning the Word of God. You may not understand it all, but you be sure of this one thing. Ain't nothing in here going to cause you to be lost. You better believe every word of this good book. I had a young evangelist, and I know I'm rambling here a little bit, but I... How are we doing, Caleb? You doing okay? Are you all right? Is your ears hurting bad? If it is, well, I'll take it off and put it back on. Okay. Had a young evangelist sat in my office years ago, and we were talking, and he, he made a statement I've never forgotten. He said, you know, when people start questioning the Word of God, it opens up the doors to every foul spirit. And we were talking, if I remember correctly, about a certain spirit. And that is a homosexual spirit. And when you start questioning the Word of God, and that's what Jerry did. He started questioning the Word of God. And somewhere along the line, he developed a homosexual lifestyle. I never will forget when his mother called me. Jerry's brother was a doctor, and Dr. Bob had, was also a Pentecostal man, but he, he had talked to Jerry, and he had found out, and he had known it for a little while before he broke the news to his old mother. I never will forget when she called me, and what I'm talking about, folks, plague got in his head. you got to understand, leprosy got in his head. He'd have been better off if he'd have lost his arm and one leg in a car wreck. 
It'd have been better off. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? It'd have been better off if his heart, amen, had to give out on him. Amen. And he couldn't walk ten steps without losing his breath. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? If he could keep his head straight, if he could have kept his mind right, if he could have kept his heart right, you can go to heaven with a bad heart naturally. You can go to heaven with a, a leg that's off or an arm that's off, but you can't go to heaven with leprosy in your head. It's impossible. So I never will forget the telephone call I received. That mother said, please come. Said, Shepherd, I went to her house and I never will forget her weeping and weeping and weeping when she told us that her son was a homosexual. I watched him as he moved back from up around St. Louis, a man or wherever he was at, to his mother's home. She was a widow and he moved back. And He had come to church some and he would pray some and only God knows what he ever received. I, I don't know. I prayed for him. I, my face weak. I'm sorry. But anyhow, uh, he was still alive when I left Puxico to go to Trinity, Alabama. But I remember going to the hospital. Now I went primarily, I'm going to be honest with you, I went primarily for that old mother. I really did. I'm sorry. But I, I'd like to have seen him saved and whatever. But I went mainly for, for her. And uh, you know what? When I, the Bible said they'll dwell alone. You get plague in your head. Amen. You get that leprosy. And I don't care if there's a thousand people around you. You'll be the loneliest person. And I walked in that hospital room, and there he was, alone. Where's your friends now, Jerry? I didn't tell him that. Where's your gay friends now? I found out that the ones he was rooming with had moved to San Francisco. Here Jerry is dying, and his buddies are gone. Well and alone. And so, to make a long story short, he died. He died because he got leprosy in his head. Are you still hearing me here? Will you give me just a few more minutes, please? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 19. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, Having vanity, vanity, vanity. You know, Tuesday night, what time is it, Elder? Et tu phase waiting. Huh? I've only been up here 50 minutes. Oh, I'm doing good. Praise God. Tuesday night, I told Elder Hall, Tuesday night I just felt like I needed to do it. I preached against everything that moved. If I could have thought of anything else, Elder, I'd have mentioned it. I just couldn't think of nothing else. I really couldn't. I preached against everything that I could think of. I preached against dyeing hair. I preached against cutting hair, trimming hair, biting hair, mistreating hair. I preached against men having long hair, long sideburns, beards. I preach against splits. I preach against tight dresses. I preach against low neck dresses. 
I told him, I said, I'm going to tell you right now, when you come up here to get prayed for, amen, I don't intend to be embarrassed. Praise God. I don't intend to have to turn my head, amen, and lay my hand on somebody's head because they want to wear a low neck dress. They got leprosy in their head. Hallelujah. I preach against television, video, internet, DVDs. I preach against everything I can think of. Country music, rock music. Oh, hallelujah. I felt the need to remind our church again. That we're still apostolic and we still believe this. I preach against short sleeve shirts. I preach against jewelry. I preach against everything I can think of. I am convinced. I am convinced. Oh yeah, I preach against plucking eyebrows. I preach against shaving eyebrows. I preach against the men shaving their legs. How would you guys like to be married to a man shaved his legs? You wouldn't want to be married to one at all, would you? We don't believe. Now you're laughing about that, but I had a preacher preaching for me, and he said in some places the boys are now shaving their bodies, shaving their legs, shaving their arms, shaving their chest. They want to look like these muscle builders. Dear God, I'm telling you, <laughs> they're getting leprosy in their head. You hear me? Praise God, I said they're getting leprosy in their head. I don't intend for nobody to bother the three hairs I got on my chest. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? More or less. <laughs> oh, are we, I'm having too much fun, I'm going to tell you right now. I, I'm going to have to get home with this program here. we got to go eat. <laughs> Vanity. Vanity. I've got a black sister in our church and I said, I'm going to tell you what, right? Oh yeah, I preach against tanning boots too. Spray on or rub on. We got, here's a black sister right here. I said, you know what? Our black sister, she's black because God made her black. Some folks want to, they want to be black and they're white. God give them brown eyes and they want to go buy them little old deals and put in their eyes to make them blue. Amen. They ain't never satisfied with the way God made them. Praise God. They want to pluck their eyebrows and shave their eyebrows off to give them that wide-eyed look. I'll tell you what you better do. Praise God. You better leave your face alone. If I'm out of turn, please excuse me. I said you better leave your face alone or God's liable to fix you where you wish to God you had your normal face. Apostolic sisters are the most beautiful sisters in the world. Praise God, because what you see is what you get. I'd hate to be some folks to get married to some folks. The time they took their wig off, false eyelashes off, took their teeth out, got all that makeup off, took all that jewelry off. Dear God, we'd be saying, sing, baby, sing. You remember that? Oh, Lord, help us. Praise God. I'm going to tell you, when I look at my wife, praise God, that beauty that I married 40-some years ago, praise the name of the Lord, I wasn't as big then as I am now, but she still loves me. 
Praise God. Oh, the finger of time has come along and grabbed the strands of my hair and pulled it through the fickle fingers of time that used to be dark, amen, and almost black, but now it's gray. But that's all right. I ain't going to put no dye in it. Are you, women? Yeah, I hit dying hair. I hit everything I could think of. Praise God. You know why? You know why? Because there's some folks in Pentecost that's got leprosy and they don't even know it. You know why they don't know it? Because the priest hadn't declared it yet. The priest hadn't declared it yet. Oh, Jesus, help us. Help us. This is not to say that the inward man is not important. You understand that. I think I touched on that a little bit. Envy, malice, strife, hatred. All of those things. But listen to this. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness, past feeling with greediness. They tell me that one of the horrible things about leprosy is that it affects the nerve endings. And they get to where they can't feel pain. Consequently, they can injure their hands and feet as well as other parts of their bodies and never realize it until serious damage has been done, resulting at times in the loss of fingers, toes, and etc., and at least disfigurement. Leprosy. 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 Now, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, how many believe we're living in the latter times? Say, come to the music today, please. And in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. Amen. Doctrines of devils. Amen. Now, I'm not quite through. I just had them come to the music so you'd think I was about done. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Let me read you something else about leprosy. Will that be okay? The disease, some types of leprosy, I guess. There's different types, but this one I'm talking about begins with specks on the eyelids and on the palms usually spreading over the body, bleaching the hair white wherever they appear, crusting the affected parts with white scales and causing terrible sores and swellings from the skin. The disease eats inward to the bones, rotting the whole body piecemeal. Spiritual leprosy. Ah, Jesus. I thought when, it, when I read this about the eyelids, I thought immediately of Eve. Body has five senses that they recognize. At least that's what I've been taught. Somebody help me here. Seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, and feeling. Four of those senses are above your neck. And the other sense of feeling, in most cases, is commanded by that which is above your neck. Eve, the Bible said, listened to the devil, to the serpent. She listened. She saw that the fruit 
was good for food. She took it. She tasted it. She smelled it. I was teaching this somewhere some time ago or along these lines. And I said, you know, your smell can get you in trouble. Right at this point, my wife wears beautiful. Beautiful. Some of y'all may wear, you ladies may wear, if you believe in perfume or cologne. One preacher, they said, looked over at another one one time. I hope it was nobody here. If it is, that's all right anyhow. But looked over to another one and said, you, you wear cologne, don't you? No, you wear deodorant. That preacher looked over at him and said, you don't, do you? Now, my wife wears beautiful. I like the smell of it. She's wore different kinds, and I like the smell of it. She don't change back and forth because, you know, it, 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 you ladies know it sort of gets in your clothes, and you start trying to change up and mix up and everything. I like it. I like the smell of it. And she wears it. Guess who she wears it for? She wears it for me. You know, I don't care if you think it smells like skunk oil. Your nose can get you in trouble. It don't make no difference if you think it smells like skunk oil. She's wearing it for me. Now, I personally, right now, she's got me wearing candies for men. Whatever that is. Evidently, she likes the smell of it. I don't care whether you like it or not. Because, you see, I'm smelling her cologne. She's smelling mine. And it don't matter what you wear. Because, you see, we have eyes for one another. And that's why we're not committing adultery. That's why we're not dating nobody else on the side. Praise God. It's one husband, one wife till death do you part. And I'm talking about graveyard death since you have been in the church. Now, you may not believe that. That's what I believe. But anyhow, amen. So, this is one of the senses. Smelling. 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 Have you ever walked by somebody and said, Woo. I may have the Holy Ghost, but I still got a nose. And my smelling ain't gone. I can tell when they smell good, and I can tell when they smell bad. But you want me to tell you something? It don't matter if they do smell good. I just keep on walking. Because I got the Holy Ghost. When you get leprosy in your head, when you get leprosy in the head, amen, you'll be thinking about a lot of other things. But when you got the Holy Ghost... Amen. And you're clean before God. Amen. The senses. The senses. Let me go on here hurriedly. Spiritual leprosy. The outward and visible signs of the innermost spiritual corruption. A meat emblem in its small beginnings. Better check here today. I'm not indicting you. I'm not saying to anybody. But it starts small. It starts with just an attitude. It starts with just a spirit. I have wept, and I have wept. I never will forget one time having to deal with a certain preacher. And as we confronted and dealt with a situation, and I started to leave his office, he held on to me, and we wept, and we wept. But you know what he said? 
we talked about a lot of things, but he told somebody, he said, a spirit got a hold of me. A spirit got a hold of me. A spirit got a hold of me. Leprosy sprung up in his head. Dear God, that which corrupts, degrades, defiles man's inner nature and renders him unmeet to enter into the presence of a pure and holy God. People have been disfigured by sin. You look at folks, you look at folks that one time, come on up here, Caleb. You look at folks at one time had their head protected. They looked. This boy looks like a Holy Ghost boy. You got the Holy Ghost? Look, you been baptized in Jesus' name? He looks like a Holy Ghost boy. I hope he's as much Holy Ghost boy as he looks. But there's a lot of people that one day they look like Holy Ghost filled people. And you want me to tell you something? They were. Stand right there. They were. They really did have the Holy Ghost. They loved God. But somewhere along the line, their eyes got them in trouble. Somewhere along the line, their ears got them in trouble. Somewhere along the line, the flesh. And all of a sudden, they became leprous. They became leprous. And you look at them today... And you would never know. You would never know. Please excuse me for... I wouldn't hurt my son for anything in the world. And I desire your prayers for him. You would never, you would never dream that my son was ever apostolic. Not looking at him. The beard. The long hair. Now if you talk to him for a while... If I brought him around any of you preachers, he'd have the utmost respect for you. Matter of fact, he'd call you brother, and he'd probably hug your neck. But just to look at him, you'd never know he was ever apostolic. God. And so it is with so many. As we stand here today, please. So it is with so many. One time they looked. If you're in this building here today, if you're here today, and you can feel something working in your mind that oughtn't to be, let me tell you, it's leprosy. It's leprosy. I'm not going to leave you here today without any hope. Listen to me. The only hope a man or woman with a plague in the head has is to run to our great high priest. The high priest and the priests of the Old Testament, they could pronounce them unclean, but they could not cleanse them. <laughs> and before the leprous man could come back into the camp, a blood atonement had to be made for him. Then he was pronounced clean. I want to tell you, our great high priest not only pronounces unclean, amen, but he has the power to cleanse the leper. The Bible said the blood of Jesus cleanseth from all sin.
If you're in this place today and you've got signs of leprosy, run to Jesus. Run to Jesus as fast as you can. Amen. Run to the high priest. Let him cleanse you and let him make you whole. Could you lift your hands to the Lord right now? God help us. 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 God keep this young man. Let his thinking be straight. Keep him, Lord. Let him have an apostolic mind. Don't let any leprosy get in his mind. Jesus' name. Thank you, Caleb. I need thee. Every hour. Lord, I need thee. Everybody join in. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to Lift your hands, sing it with me. Lord, I need, oh, I need. I need thee, oh bless me now, my Savior, I come.